Welcome to Pros and Cons, a show about a variety of topics. I'm Jack. And I'm Kev. Let's talk about music in the year 2019 overall. Yeah, so I guess we're going to try to keep it very specific to 2019. Yeah. I was trying to think of a list and, you know, put together the pros and cons. It was really hard to confine to like 2019 because there's always stuff that leaks from the year before that you get into later yeah you get into later or maybe it came out you know like in october or november and you still bump it but for this episode strictly 2019 and we did a couple episodes earlier in the year of like monthly releases but we felt like it was too much for you know that to take away from the rest of the show yeah so we thought we'd just wait until the end of the year and We're also going to focus on albums we cared about ourselves, not what was the most popular or whatever. Not that that's bad, but basically we're looking at stuff that either met our expectations or went above them or ones that were disappointments. That's kind of how we're doing our pros and cons or new ones that we were surprised by that we liked. With that said, let's start off on a bad note with some cons. Well, I guess let's say first that we're going to break it down into light con, solid con, and big con. I guess I'll give you one light con for me. Emma Lou with her new EP, Emma Who. It's an EP that isn't bad at all. I mean, it's Emma Lou, like her voice, super unique, has a great sound. But other than the single that she took out, which I believe was Northside, mm-hmm. everything else I could live without. Yeah, I agree. And this is also coming off her last EP, which was three songs that were all great and on repeat. So it feels like going in reverse a bit. I mean, Northside could have fit with those, but Mm -hmm. like you said, other than that, it's yeah. Yeah. All right. I'll throw a couple out there. Mm -hmm. We got Jason, who is not me, even though that's like connected to my first initial and started my last name. But it's actually a female singer and her band uh, also is involved. But yeah, basically, I really liked her last project, Everybody Works. But her new project, Aniko, something with this one just didn't connect in the same way. And then Bedouin, she's another singer, like a little folky almost. But her as well, I really liked her last album, which was self-titled. But this new one... Bird Sings of a Killjoy was okay, but wasn't anywhere close to it for me. Again, the same thing of like, it was fine, but it didn't like connect with me. That's crazy. I don't know. You said her name like that. Bedouin. <laughs> what do you think it was? I thought it was more French or something. <laughs> like Bedouin. I don't know. It was weird. <laughs> I literally have her like on my library because you put me on onto her right. last project. But yeah, cool to hear. I don't know. I'll give you... Another light con that I wish wasn't in this list, and that'd be Anderson Pox Ventura. One of your faves. Yeah, he's like up there for me. He's one of the artists that I look forward to dropping music every year if he can. It's weird because I just said that, and it might be one of the reasons why I don't attach to this album as much as I wish I did. This album came very soon after Oxnard, which he right. dropped last year. And when he dropped Ventura, I was still listening to Oxnard heavily. So I never really got the chance to like really bump Ventura and 
just for those reasons. Like Khan, I'm just not as attached to it as I wish I was. Another one for me, Men I Trust, group from Canada who had been putting out singles for a while, who I was really into. And they put out some projects before, but not before they were like fully formed to mm. their current thing, really. And I think what kind of threw off their album for me was that all the best songs to me were the ones that they'd already put out and already knew them so well that it kind of threw off the whole rhythm and everything. And the rest of the songs on it are okay. And I actually use them as like a sleep playlist for a bit. Yeah. And I'd say that in a pro way because it's just really relaxing. And I would probably also put Maggie Rogers in that in a way because her album heard it in a past life which is technically her debut had so many songs that already came out and again that i'd already listened to a lot and hers there actually were a lot of good new ones on it but it was still only a handful at the end of the day and having all the singles that i'd already lived with for so long kind of threw it off too so i think if you are a newcomer to either of these projects you might really like them. It was just for me who had more baggage as a fan. It was like harder to get into. I guess I'll give you the rest of my like cons for 2019. I'll start off with the artist known as Her, or you probably see her name as H.E.R. Her album, I Used to Know Her. her. A lot of hers. <laughs> kind of like I'm a Lose. I don't know. Yeah. Play on words, whatever. <laughs> Very creative. Again, Kind of like with Emma Lou. They have great voices, which is why I like them. Mm-hmm. Mainly R&B, which I have no problems with. It's probably my favorite genre of music. But it's a lot of songs that I feel like I've heard before. Right. Very similar sounds. I mean, a lot of the songs have been released before. Kind of like mm-hmm. you with Men I Trust. Just didn't do it for me. I'll keep it. When the songs come on, I'll leave them on. They're good tracks, but just didn't feel new. I wasn't super excited about it, so yeah, have to like on it. And to give you one more, I'll end it with Kuko with Para Mi. Man, another one where I was super excited to hear anything new from him, but the album came out and that wasn't the case. I don't know if you can agree with me on that. There's no track that stood out. It has a lot of his fun, youthful, unique Kuko sounds to them, but there was no catchiness to any of them. A lot of his songs used to, like, uh, they have, like, that sing-along feel to them. And Mm -hmm. I don't think I got that from any of his tracks on this one. Yeah, I mean, there are a couple that are decent. But for the most part, it was really disappointing. And his last EP, Chiquito, was much better. And that was, like, five songs. And, yeah, I don't know. Especially with this being kind of like his debut album, at least after he signed a record deal, which we did a whole episode thing on earlier this year. But yeah, it was just not fulfilling at all. Yeah. Which we could also say the same about Gus Apperton with his Where Do Poly People Go to Read album, which, mm-hmm. first of all, the name. It's a con right there. <laughs> Way too long. Just change it to something simple, you know. But yeah, I mean, aside from the title, just the music was, again, just like Kuko, pretty disappointing for someone who usually has such catchy and also kind of sing-alongy songs. Right. So, same thing. There's a couple good ones, but overall, disappointing. Yeah, I agree with you there. 
So to keep it moving, we've been kind of swimming around the line of light and solid con. Mm-hmm. Maybe Gus even goes over that line into solid. But anyway, a good kind of differentiator comes in Kevin Abstract's solo album, Arizona Baby, and Brockhampton's album, Ginger. For those who don't know, Kevin is in Brockhampton. He's like the leader of the group. But I would put Brockhampton's album as a light because I still like it and I still have listened to it. Mm -hmm. Not as much as their other albums. But for Arizona Baby, it was more disappointing because his last solo album, American Boyfriend, I really liked a lot. Still up there all time for me. And so if you had told me he was putting out a solo album at the beginning of the year, I would have said, oh, it'll for sure be on the top of my list for pros. And it wasn't. And I still like a bunch of songs on there. Like there's some good tracks for sure. But just compared to... The experience of American Boyfriend, it felt really disappointing. I'm still super excited for whatever he does in the future. But yeah, I don't know. Something was missing. And I don't know if it was like rushed a little bit or what. But yeah. I mean, at the rate that Kevin Abstract and Brockhampton makes music, <laughs> anything is possible. Yeah. They're like at, I don't know, 30,000 tracks in like two <laughs> years right now. But yeah, good points. I can agree with you on those. As part of my solids, another person that I would throw on there is Chance, the rapper, with The Big Day. Channel, a.k.a. the album, I Love My Wife. Ooh, I Love My Wife. <laughs> hey, it's the good old Chance, the rapper we used to all love and bump to back in, I don't even know, what was the height of Chance, the college. rapper? College. Yeah, college, acid rap days. That's not who we got. No. We got Chance the Rapper, the father. Yeah, we got Chance the husband. The husband. The good community servant. The pastor. All those things we just mentioned, mash them together with hip hop. It's not for me. Great messages. I'm not telling you to be a bad father. Right. <laughs> or a bad husband. But just didn't add up. Yeah. Cool sounds. I mean, I like the song Handsome, which is like probably the most popular track in the album. Mm-hmm. And there's other fun hip hop tracks, but Solid Con, that's all I got to say. Yeah, I'd put it as a big con for me for the big day. Wow. I've just been out on chance since Coloring Book, and this was, I don't know if I'd call it the final straw, like make that big a deal out of it, but mm-hmm. it was definitely like, okay, this is two projects in a row now where I'm not liking where he's at musically, mm-hmm. so I kind of doubt in the future that I'm going to rock with it at this point. I've kind of given up hope on what I once believed in Mm -hmm. Chance's abilities to make. I understand that because I was okay with coloring book. Maybe I would have put it like on a light con Mm -hmm. or maybe it wouldn't even have made the list. It wouldn't have made my pros, but you know, that weird in between. But this, this might be it. This might be like the one where anything you drop next might just... Right. I might have to hit the unfollow button, you know? <laughs> and it's funny because I had the same process with, like, another artist. Mm-hmm. His name is Kanye West. Oh, boy. Where with him, the life of Pablo was, like, the last chance. Like, I just gave up on him after that album came out. Mm. Kanye happened to drop an album, Jesus is King. I, I- mean, <laughs> What's at up? least Chance had the respect to not force it down your throat in the title itself 
what's up with the worshiping God and rap right now? Yeah. With the people that you wouldn't think would do that. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Kanye, who we used to all love as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was my favorite artist for a two to three year span back in like high school, college days. That person's gone. Yeah, just forget about him. And it's basically a gospel album, right? Like, I haven't heard it, but that's what I've heard. It's like... Gospel album with, like, Ye's 808s and mastery of sound. Right. But, yeah, it's it's strange. It, it still sounds strange. Like, it's a Kanye album, and you can possibly catch yourself, like, you know, bobbing your head and, like, jamming to it if you lose it. But then you realize what you're listening to, and you're just like, no, to do this now like 0 for 3 in his last albums for me with yeah like i just mentioned the life of pablo jesus is king i don't even know what was it was there something in between yeah um what's it called it's like that one where he was in montana oh that crazy bipolar something yeah yeah wasn't it just called yay yeah but that tells you how much we cared about that album (laughs) like i'm gonna let you in on a secret I haven't listened to it still to this day. I for sure heard like one or two of the songs, but I don't think I ever listened to the whole album. And I didn't even hear the Cuddy collab album, even though oh, I loved yeah, there Cuddy. was that whole thing too. Yeah, that I think I did listen to, and Kid See Ghost, right, or something like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. not for me. And why don't we finish off the big cons with someone who we don't have as much history with, but mm-hmm. again, who had a good start, and now, who knows? <laughs> in Skepta, Damn. who had a great come up, had a lot of good tracks. Yeah. But now, I mean, we talked about this in one of the music episodes we did earlier this year, but it's just like, what even is this album? Like, it's just so bad compared to his stuff before. It's one of those albums that just missed in like every aspect. Even the title, like, Ignorance title is Bliss. Trash. Cover was like copying a bunch of shit we've seen before. Copied Brockhampton that had just dropped an album not even long before this Mm -hmm. album dropped. And it's like, really? What are you doing? Yeah. And then you actually listen to it and it's like, man, you lost it really quickly, like from your last project. Yeah. And I think also why this is a big con instead of just a solid con is, you know, it's not like we were anticipating this to be that crazy, but Mm -hmm. just the drop off was so big that it's just, man, it's just unlistenable. But enough with the bad. Let's just go over to the pros. Yeah, so for pros, it's going to be a little different. We're going to do our top five, counting down. But first, we're going to list off some honorable mentions real quick that didn't make it, but we still want to include. I'm going to just hit you with my little list real quick. Yeah, rapid fire. Open up your Spotify or (laughs) Apple Music and search away. I'll start off with this one that we had mentioned before, specifically Jack. He was the one that put me onto it anyways, and that's Men I Trust with Uncle Jazz. Uncle with an O, with an you o. know. It's hard to say, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's with an O if you're trying to find that and type that out. It's a great album. I mean, how many songs is in this shit? Like 40, bro? Like, yeah, it's deep. It's a big album, and Men I Trust has like a very mellow, soothing, very smooth sound that's jazzy mm-hmm. but yeah i mean it's just so smooth it's like a nice glass of bourbon bro i don't even drink Damn. i don't know what i'm talking about <laughs> <laughs> but it's a super like chill very instrumental 
Let's move on to Revenge of the Dreamers by Dreamville. Shout out to J. Cole, which I believe it was his whole idea to get a bunch of creatives and rappers and musicians, singers together and create this big collab album. A lot of great tracks. It's very experimental. There's a lot of different sounds. Some like R&B sound, some hard rap. All really good. It's just an album you could bump and kind of go through like a wave of different tracks and enjoy them all in a different way and for different reasons. And for that, I had to mention it. Then I'll go to Summer Walker's Over It. Summer Walker's a pretty new artist to me. I mean, she's new overall, but I just started listening to her not long ago, maybe a couple of months. And I've been impressed. She has a pretty nice voice, very early R&B-ish. And by early, I mean early to me. So like early 2000s, right? you know, that good old middle school, high school days, maybe Mm -hmm. Ashanti type vibes and all pretty good. Very sing-alongy, very slow, quote unquote, baby making music type of shit. But I dig it and I'm looking forward to what she has in store. Then we go on to lana the queen the goddess del rey with norman fucking rockwell we did talk about this in a previous episode where we literally talked about lana del rey and we mentioned this album and by no surprise i had to mention it it's uh one of my favorites of the year obviously it's her sound very consistent throughout my favorite album of hers for sure and you know said about that one and to finish off my honorable mentions Tory Lanez with Chicks Tape 5. He's another artist that has been out there for a while now. And I've known of him. I've liked one or two tracks of him, but never really an entire project. And this is the first time that I actually really dig the entire album. This specific project is very sample heavy. So if you listen to it, you might recognize a lot of the sounds. Like one of my favorite tracks features Snoop Dogg and it samples Beautiful, which is a track with Snoop Dogg and Pharrell mm-hmm. from, you know, our childhood. This had to be like one of yeah, the classics. Yeah, so many samples on that. So many. And maybe that's why I really enjoy it. I mean, mm-hmm. literally like the track with Floyd has Lil Wayne on there. Yeah. Jagged Edge, which goes a little bit before my time, but I've heard the songs. Mm-hmm. It's one of those that it takes you back and makes you want to sing along even though there's some different and added words to it but it's a good listen yeah so for honorable mentions for me i'll just go through real quick we got space cadet the ep by biba which has a couple of my favorite tracks all year but ultimately it's too short to really be in consideration for my top five next up is lucid by ravina her debut full-length project, which was really good, really smooth, relaxing. Another one similar to Men I Trust in a way, although a different kind of sound. And I'd been anticipating that album, so definitely happy with it. Next up is Means to Me by Longbeard, which I had known of, but I wasn't like anticipating this or anything. But then it dropped, and it was like a really nice surprise and just really consistent throughout. Next up, is Better Oblivion Community Center and their self-titled project. It's basically a duo of Phoebe Bridgers and Connor Oberst. Phoebe's a newer singer. Connor was with Bright Eyes, the band, and he's been around for a while. But I think they worked really well together. 
and kind of an opening of my eyes for Phoebe because I'd known about her for a while but never really gotten into her stuff. But this project kind of opened me up to her and I went back through her solo stuff after and listened to that a lot during the year. So yeah, I'd say this was a great project for me. Next up is Graffiti by Roy Blair, which was officially released as an EP, although he played a full mix of around 35 minutes of material on Zane Lowe's Beats One show, and people like ripped the tracks after and had them, so I've had it in my iTunes too, but it's basically what he calls like throwaway stuff before his next album next year, and yeah, there were Plenty of others that could have gone in honorable mentions too, like Solange's album, Wise Blood, No Rome's EP, Steve Lacey, Faye Webster. But yeah, let's get into our top five. Now we're getting into what you're here for, I'm sure. Unless you only came for the cons. Yeah, yeah. So number fives. My number five, Rex Orange County with Pony. Mm. I mean, it's Rex. The guy has... One of the unique voices of this generation of artists, I think. Yeah. It's one of those where literally he says two words and you're like, oh, I know who that is. And even just production-wise, you know what I mean? Yeah, production-wise, he's found a sound that works very well with him. And it's weird how he works it because he's not just giving you moody. He's also giving you fun a lot of times. He started at first, it was kind of like sad boy type thing. But I feel like he's since became this like positivity happiness person too mm-hmm. so it's like a blend of the two yes yeah, blend of the two it's rex i mean i first listened to the album and i remember thinking like i don't know i'm not quite mm-hmm. feeling this there was something off about it i was like five tracks in on my first listen i think i was in my car on my way to work and then my favorite track in the project pluto projector played I was legit in a stoplight with, like, my eyes wide open, like, whoa, (laughs) holy shit. And believe it or not, this is one of the sad boy tracks where he Mm -hmm. gets super moody, super soulful, like, borderline feeling his pain. The next couple of tracks played, and I don't know if that track alone affected how I listened throughout, but I was like, fuck, I wasn't liking this, and now I somehow dig it. And, and it makes like, your number five. <laughs> and now, yeah, here we are. Long story short. It's like the Paul Rudd meme. <laughs> you at the beginning versus you at the end. Look at us. <laughs> Who would have thought? My number five. Hey, that's a great way to end it. So, yeah, I'll flip it to you. Real quick, I'll just add my Rex comments. I mean, I wouldn't put him on either side for me because I like the album a lot. It was slightly disappointing just because his last project, Apricot Princess, I feel like is way better in my personal opinion. Like from start to finish, it's just amazing. And this one, there's a bunch of songs I like, but it doesn't feel as much of a whole project. But yeah, Face to Face, Always, Never Had the Balls, like plenty of great tracks on there. And Pluto Projector's dope also. Yeah, yeah. But transitioning to my number five is actually someone that Rex has collaborated with and worked with Tyler the Creator. The Creature. (laughs) With Igor. I mean, you could say this is one of the most popular releases of the year for sure. Yeah. And the whole blonde wig outfit persona that came with it is one of the most memorable looks of 2019 for sure. Yeah, this album was wild. I think it's definitely his most complete project. This made my list, but 
I guess we'll get to it later. In the meantime, what's your number four? We'll go with Gold Link. Oh, man. Diaspora. Coming off the heat of the Mac Miller controversy. Hey, I liked that album before the controversy. Hey. <laughs> if that saves me any slack. Yeah, I mean, let's not go into that whole thing. Let's just discuss it for now as if that didn't happen. We're done with the negative. We're <laughs> yeah, here for exactly. the positives. But yeah, I mean, I guess this made my list because Goatlink was an artist that I knew about him. I mean, his song Crew, which yeah. was everyone knows that song. Everyone knows, blew him up, put him on the map. I did see with this controversy, people being like, oh, y'all thought Goatlink was the one singing on the hook? Like, you thought he was Brent Fias? It wasn't. <laughs> and if anything, I should put this even higher. He introduced me to Brent Fias, and he's arguably like top three for me right now he's like arguably even my favorite artist at the moment damn mostly because of the song crew like mm-hmm. i remember first listening to that and being like holy shit like that voice is crazy this hook is insane yeah this is dope but back to diaspora i didn't have any expectations for him it was just like oh gold link has an album let me pop it on let me see what this is about and i was kind of blown away there's a lot of good tracks tracks with tyler i mean yeah we didn't even plan this like back to back to back no i actually (laughs) just thought about it right now but yeah and you got feels of a lot there's like a lot of caribbean influence with a lot of the instrumentals uh some of the lyrics some of the little skits in between or whatever you call them Uh, yeah it's my number four all right so number four for me is hatchy with the album keepsake Mm mm-hmm and my expectations were super high because the year before she put out an EP called Sugar and Spice, which I really liked and is one of my favorite EPs of all time because of how much she fits in within the EP. Like it feels so full for such a short project. And it's crazy because this album was almost a con for me at first, just in the sense of wow, the other one was so high that. I wasn't sure how I felt about this at first, but then like as the year went on and I was like continuing to play it over and over, I just realized how much it was up there for me for the year. And I also saw her perform it live and stuff not too long after its release, which definitely helped too. But, you know, we've talked about this idea before of truly great songs. You get like a feeling from them from the first few notes. And I feel like she's really good at that. Like just right away in the first few seconds, you'll have that sense of it sometimes it's nostalgic with her sometimes it's like moody but yeah basically even though it was different from her ep and i still like her ep a little bit better this still is up there for me for the year and i really like it so yeah dope dope that brings us to our number threes Mm -hmm. and i'm gonna go with kalani's while we wait she had a baby this year too right yeah, this was her, like, pregnancy album. I think she, like, recorded most of it or was in the process of while being pregnant. Mm-hmm. So shout out to that. But, yeah, Kalani, another one of my favorite artists, which if you guys don't get the gist of it now, this is what the list consists of. <laughs> it's a lot of our favorite artists. Right. And, yeah, we got a, another consistent album from her. It's a similar sound, but... R&B for people who don't know. Yeah, it's like a new age R&B, which is very like hip hop influence. So it has mm-hmm. like hip hop beats, but very singy. And she has a few tracks that are like more straight up R&B, singy, like slower tempo. 
beats, but it's more, you know, like love songs or mm-hmm. heartbreaky stuff. I have problems with my partner type of songs or I can't wait to get back with you type of songs, you know, R&B stuff. <laughs> but yeah, it's Kalani, a lot of full tracks. Another album that I love to play in my car on my way to work just gets me, I wouldn't say amped up, but in a good mood just to sing along to and like lower the heart rate, you know, and I thank Kalani for that. She made my number three. Number three for me is Crumb with the album Jinx. This was one that, again, was someone I kind of knew about. Like, I knew a couple of their songs, but they hadn't put out a ton, just some EP stuff. But I don't remember how I saw they put out something. I think it was through Fader, but I listened to their album, and I really loved it. And it's like a hypnotic indie i don't know how to fully describe it but it really sucks you in it's like entrancing it's kind of like a new york city at night type sound wow and i probably played it the most out of any album this year just because i never got tired of hearing it and i still don't and just really easy going whether you want it in the background or you want to pay attention to it either works and really consistent really nice really smooth and sometimes i would use it for sleep too like i mentioned with men i trust but i also would play it wide awake like it really can serve so many purposes and it was super nice surprise album for me this year yeah funny you say that because it almost made my honorable mentions list instead of men i trust damn so yeah and it was an album that i wasn't fully aware of until you sent me like a list of things you liked and i was like yeah let me bump this and Mm -hmm. i remember liking another of theirs that i remember you put me on to it's like the one with the ugly hands in the cover yeah yeah like locket or something yeah locket and that was dope and i was like oh shit i didn't even know they had a new album and i bumped it and again it almost made my honorable (laughs) mentions yeah i'm sure with a month or two of more listens it probably would have made it with that said number two what you got i'm gonna go with Steve Lacey's Ooh, your boy Apollo XXI or 21 21 21 Gang Gang <laughs> It was funny because this album kind of like with Rex I first bumped it and I really liked some of the tracks but like half of it I was like eh whatever mm-hmm. again the power of giving something time right <laughs> just keep listening to it Maybe a song or two pop up on shuffle and you're like, shit, like maybe I slept (laughs) on this. This is Steve Lacey's first or debut album. Mm -hmm. We've had EPs and singles and his work with the Internet, which if you guys don't know, is a band he has with five others, including Sid. Sid the Kid. Sid the Kid. But this is his personal debut and his voice out here we're talking about the new prince of our generation yeah let's make that known fashion wise too everything dude like the whole aura like he has it yeah and it's weird because he's not even hiding it he's like proud of that shit i think he even has the tattoo and all that of like the guitar and the album cover had like a prince feel to it it feels very vintage 80s or 70s 70s Yeah. yeah same goes with the sounds and the instruments i mean Steve is a guitar, bass, pretty much a strings player from his work. Like, in the internet, that's pretty much what he does. And other collabs he's done with Raven Linnae, past work of his. It's very string-heavy. 
but just the melodies that he was able to work in overall with again album cover title feel just dress code this dude is like a new legend and i'm fully in it i think also like you were mentioning giving it time for you i think i'm still even like catching up to it in the sense of i feel like it's gonna really grow on me more and more and more over time but yeah i still like it right now too i agree it's very mature music yeah especially coming from him he's what like 21 right now yeah 22 i mean that's the album title i think oh you know i mean yeah (laughs) i didn't mean to sound like a dumbass but (laughs) yeah and like we also mentioned it feels like it's very 80s or 70s and it's the same way like when we're washed this probably would be one of those like dang back in my day it's what we used to listen to steve lacy he broke ground (laughs) yeah this this is music right here that's like one of these albums and and he is 21 i just checked real quick so funny enough (laughs) didn't plan this but my number two is also from a 21 year old claro with her album immunity i didn't know she was 21 that's great yeah also her debut album and i mean I could say for you, right, that Steve was one of your most anticipated of the year. Very, yep. So, Clara was, for me, also been getting into her stuff more and more in recent years and was super excited for her debut and it didn't disappoint. Pretty much the whole thing is filled with great songs, great production with Rustin, and uh, yeah, like you said, in terms of voices too, I feel like she has a unique voice and really good taste in production and ideas so yeah big pro for me yeah her voice is legit one of the most soothing things you can indulge in right now (laughs) like if you have a sore throat don't even get ricola or halls just listen to some claro and (laughs) she'll take care of that also it has one of the best opening tracks of an album that i've heard in a while in my opinion like it just kind of stops you in your tracks and it's really powerful and personal to big pro and looking forward to what she does next i'm glad you ended right there because my number one also has what i believe is like the coldest opening track Mm -hmm. in a while i don't know it's been a while for sure Mm -hmm. and that is tyler the creator with igor hey and that first track igor's theme i mean from the jump yeah Yeah. it's literally like electric waves or something (laughs) you're listening to that just i don't know the first time i listened i was like anxious like holy shit what's about to come (laughs) and i don't know everything from there is just yeah i'm like out of words we did talk (laughs) about this before we did mention it early it did make your list as well and yeah i think tyler the creator just freaking killed it for sure my favorite album of his it would probably even make it to my top five albums ever right now damn even though that list changes like every couple of months right not necessarily with new albums but just yeah yeah no i know it just takes you listening to the less i know the better one more time and you're like (laughs) fuck team impala bro (laughs) right (laughs) or you know whatever it is but since i don't even know wolf like we've kind of seen what tyler the creator's gonna evolve to and Mm -hmm. gonna create and he just somehow some way keeps raising the bar racing the bar and topping himself that sounds weird (laughs) (laughs) but he does that constantly with every album (laughs) and (laughs) i don't know isn't that what you like look for with every artist yeah and also 
we were talking about how Kanye's gone downhill, but that's what we used to like about him is that every time he would raise the bar, take it in a new direction, you know, Tyler's doing that with no signs of stopping. None at all. And it's one of those that any of his next albums, if he doesn't top it, I'd be completely okay because it's like, bro, like, (laughs) you just keep giving us the best of the best and improving on yourself and giving us shit that's different every single time plus running a carnival aka a music festival a clothing line so much stuff he does yeah like he's up there with like donald glover aka Mm -hmm. childish gambino and that he can inspire someone in so many different angles whether it's acting directing writing designing right running a carnival doing music like yeah dude like save some creativity for the rest of us because you're fucking killing it yeah i mean this album is borderline flawless for me storytelling is beautiful like tyler always does Mm -hmm. the theme overall the whole wig blonde wig that's my only con though i just wish Something with the wig was the cover or one of the covers because he had a couple. But I feel like it's so important to the whole album and experience that it's kind of weird for it to not be on the cover. Yeah, I like want to agree with you. But not long ago, I saw like this YouTube video, which I don't know if you've seen. I don't think so. It's like someone explaining like the whole Igor album and Mm -hmm. like the thing behind it. And it's like very igor theme which is supposedly i didn't know this i literally learned it while watching that video but like igor was frankenstein's Mm -hmm. partner in the lab if you look at the cover that the album has he kind of looks like frankenstein right right and if you listen to igor's theme the intro sounds like electric waves damn which is very frankenstein and i was just like with those three things i was like oh okay i guess that makes sense i'm not mad at it but also he's done like up to three covers in the past this one he did too he could have done a third with the blonde wig you also got a point there i'll give you that (laughs) yeah he should have done that for sure but yeah i mean it's the top of the crop the best of the best the creme de la creme (laughs) (laughs) fluent in multiple languages golf le floor (laughs) golf le floor (laughs) igor number one all right and finally my number one is lana del rey with the album norman fucking rockwell Mm. like you said we talked about it before on the episode we did on her and her whole discography but i just feel like this is an album of a great artist reaching their master skill level wow i mean kind of like we've been saying with tyler except he's been like more of a straight lineup Mm -hmm. whereas lana has kind of gone up and down agree but now I feel like she's at, I don't want to say her peak, because hopefully she keeps going up, but out of everything she's put out, this feels like true mastery of her sound and everything with her, and yeah, it's just really incredible album to me, and definitely solidifies her place as one of the big names of our generation musically, even though she's also kind of like this throwback to the past, but she feels very modern too, and is very modern. But she's like someone who is like a symbol for like a type of musician that used to be. But somehow she's still really successful in today's times. And kudos to her for making it work so flawlessly. Yeah, I mean, agree with everything you said. 
maybe the only reason I don't even have her higher than this, even though she still made my list, is because, at least for me, she's like a, I listen to her in certain moods. Yeah, like a specific taste. Right. So I'm not like always bumping it. Right. But, man, that album is insane. Mm -hmm. I agree. So we've done our cons, we've done our pros, done our pros, done our cons. Mm -hmm. Overall for the year, how are you feeling? Because this is also factoring in, you know, we didn't get music from a bunch of people, as will be the case in any year, but based off what we got and didn't get and how good that was or whatnot. No, yeah, those those are good points. Um, I mean, come on, every year we want new Frank Ocean. Yeah. We didn't get that. New Tame Impala. We're close, but we yeah. missed it. So tune in next year. Next year should be crazy, but let's save that. I can't go to con. Yeah. I have a top five, so. Right. I'd give 2019 music a light pro to a solid pro. Somewhere in between there. I'm happy with what I got. Great sounds. I have hip hop. I have alternative. I have great R&B, which is what I like. Bunch of different great sounds. But like literally we were just mentioning some of our favorites didn't release so i can't give it the best but i'm still happy with what we got yeah and also we were focusing a lot on albums specifically i mean that's all we talked about but of course there are tons of individual great songs too that we're not going to go into because it's way too extensive but i think with that in mind as well i have to give the year at least a solid pro like solid to strong pro because there's been plenty of stuff that i've liked throughout the year and yeah, it wasn't the most amazing year ever necessarily, but it was still filled with so much good stuff that I can't complain at all. Yeah. Shout out to Lil Nas X, <laughs> the black gay cowboy. Old Town Road. She. Breaking barriers out here. But yeah, got a lot of good stuff. And I feel like our list also, at least in terms of the pro side, shows our taste too, because like we have overlap, but also you lean more R&B. Whereas I lean a little more indie slash indie rock. And yeah, I feel like it just speaks to kind of our taste. And like, we both enjoy that and vice versa. Like, I still like R&B and you mm. still like some indie stuff. Mm -hmm. But yeah, we just lean more heavily in those certain directions while still having that common ground. Yeah, well said. And again, remember, this is all subjective. I mean, all of music and right. art really very subjective. Yeah. So don't be mad. Yeah, and again, we were just focusing on people who we were either anticipating or artists we liked or whatever. So it was like people on our radar specifically. Yeah, exactly. So that wraps it up for this episode of Pros and Cons. I'm Jack. You can find me at Jack Bloom Summer. That's Summer with an O on all platforms. And I'm Kev. You can find me at Same Old Kev everywhere. See you next week. Peace. Later.